Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God. You are our teacher. So I pray that you would teach us the importance of the blood. I thank you for this moment. We're giving you all the praise and all the glory. Let them hear the voice behind my voice. These are your people. Help us to come back to you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. This morning I want to teach on, and the title of my message is The Great Exchange. But before we speak about the greatest exchange, I want to speak to you about the great escape. Three hundred and eighty-five thousand babies are born each day, according to the UN. That adds up to more than one hundred and forty million a year. Satan devised a system since the fall of Adam that anybody that is born is born into his system. Captured. He put out a business plan and he has a job description to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And anybody that is just simply born, is born into a fallen system. You didn't have to sin. But because of the one man, Adam, the first Adam, man was born into a fallen state. So his job description and the work that he's doing and his business plan is working very well. How can I say so? Because every generation is falling further than the first Adam. Finding new ways of how to offend God and how to express their sin. And Satan is having a time of his life. And the reason why he is, is because the church has not spoken about this thing called the great escape. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world is not the earth. The world is a system. An education system. Rules and laws that the world puts in place so people can live under those systems. Got nothing to do with God. From education to economics to marriage, which is the family mountain, to governments, to media, to arts and entertainment. Oh, if you could speak about arts and entertainment. Your three major angels in heaven. The minister of communication is the angel Gabriel, the minister of defense, Michael, the minister of arts and culture, Lucifer, uses the culture to shape the systems that our children grow in, that your family grows in, and you are born into a culture that never came from God. It's a fallen state. 
And that's the reason why he would rather offer you pickle fish and hot cross buns. And forget the fact that you're actually living in a fallen state. Forget that you belong to him. Until you understand the great escape, you'll never appreciate the great exchange. It says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. All sinned because one man sinned. Because the wages, sin has a payday, come on. The wages of sin is death. So now you've got to see when Adam falls, you are dealing with a God who created man. This is his love child. But this child, this man, his prized possession has sinned. How does a just God who must punish sin yet save the man? Here's love and here's justice. The Bible says the foundations of his throne is righteousness and justice. So God doesn't wink at your sin. He's a just God. Because the wages of sin is death. So, this minister stands before God, it says in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, that he's accusing the brethren day and night. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He says to God, you are just God. You cannot let them go. According to your word, because if you just let them go, then I'm also free from my sin. We're all free. So I've got the right to capture them and keep them in bondage all the days of their lives and even into eternity. Doesn't matter how good they've done. Doesn't matter how well they've performed in the earth. Because the Bible says, your scripture says, that a man's good works are like filthy rags before you. What does that mean? When you study the original, it speaks about a woman who's had a cycle and using the rags. The Bible says that, Scripture shows you that a man's good works are like a woman who's done with a cycle and offering up her a filth before the Lord. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does God do with the one that he loves, that he wants to save, but he has to punish the sin. He's a just God and he's a loving God. The only way he could fix it is by separating the sin from the sinner. Is somebody thankful for their salvation? God in his wisdom says, he tell you what you're going to do. 
You see, many people, when they speak about forgiveness, God does not forgive you based upon the fact that you said you're sorry. Because the wages for your sin is death. How can you, no matter what religion you are, you try and make it up and you say, well, I asked the Lord to forgive me. You know God's a loving God. No, but He's also a just God. How is it possible that He can save the sinner and still punish the sin? Let's study some scripture. In Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, I want us to understand the importance of this moment. You see, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Because Adam's sins, the blood that comes from Adam is contaminated. And that was passed down all the way to your father, your grandfather, and now he's in you. So now you're sitting with a problem because there is no way you can get rid of this because the life of the blood, of the flesh, is in the blood. That means the very life of your creator is in the blood. And blood is a living thing. And blood has got a voice. Do you remember when Cain killed Abel? God rocks up on the scene and he says, your brother's blood is crying out. Because blood speaks. When I go to my doctor, he, I go through all these tests and it's cost a couple of thousand. You sit before him and he tells you, according to your blood, this is your problem. Are you tired? That's what's happening in your body. That's what's happening. We need to change this thing. And when I come back, I do my second test. He says, oh, see the improvement. It is all because of the blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So Satan knows that. So every man that is just born is born into a place of sin. And that's his business plan. Hmm. Hebrews 9, 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So the Lord says that there is no... Please go back to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. I want to show you something. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Listen to the Lord speaking. I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. What does atonement mean? At one month. That means if there's no blood, there's a separation between you and God. But if the Lord sees pure blood on an altar, there's things that are restored. You are coming back to a place of, it's a, a day of atonement. The day there's you at one with God again. That's what the blood does. 
So the only of God's mankind, the only creature that has sinned and still is, is mankind. So the Lord says, well, I'm going to raise up a deliverer because according to the business plan of the enemy, he can keep them in bondage. So there's a, a group of people that God has raised up. He speaks to Abraham, the father, the son Isaac, Jacob. Jacob has a son. His name is Joseph. Joseph. Joseph is sent into Egypt and he becomes the seed in the womb of Egypt. Egypt is the surrogate mother and God wants his family back. But he knows there's no way they can get out of the bondage. They're in that place for 430 years because it is the system that the enemy uses you to build for his kingdom. And anytime you are in his system, there is no way that you can escape. He'll give you skills and give you a degree, but you are building his system. It's got nothing to do with God and his kingdom. And he pays you a salary and it's nice and comfortable. And you get, you get a paycheck. And at the end of the year, you get another 10 grand bonus. And after 30 years of service, they give you a gold pen that they bought in Chinatown. The system's designed 430 years. Mommy, daddy, grandfather, great-grandfather, everybody born and died in a place of bondage. God says, sends Moses with a message. He says, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. This is the first time you hear about Passover. It's the 10th plague. And in this 10th plague, he does something. And the law of first mention says, pay careful attention to what you hear. The first time you hear Passover because there are secrets locked up in it. Moses goes. God raises him up, takes 80 years, ends up going to Pharaoh. Tells Pharaoh, the Lord says, let my, my people go. The devil says, no way. Who's your God? Who's going to build our cities if the Christians actually go and fulfill their destiny? Who's going to build this messed up government systems and education systems as long as the church is working for their systems? So when Jesus comes, for God so loved the world, not the earth, not even mankind, he came to break the system so that we can escape and come into our destiny and fulfill purpose. Anytime people speak about Passover, their focus is always on the fact that death passed over. Let's read it. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of, your, of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. That means I'm changing the calendar. Don't worry what the world is saying. You're not conformed to them anymore. We're going with my calendar. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of, of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your, your count for the lamb. I don't know where this pickle fish thing came from. The more accurate thing to do on a day like today is to slaughter a lamb 
That would be more Old Testament and that would be more accurate. Where does fish come from? I'm asking, huh? I'm just asking. Is it not more accurate to us to say this is Passover and there should be a lamb on the table? Your religious systems making the word of God of none effect. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Don't bring God your seconds, bring him your first. Don't put your idea first. He says, don't come and give God your leftovers, the things that, oh, I actually want to throw this away. Oh, no, what do I, what do I left, have left over in my pocket for God? The Lord says, keep it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the Lord, of, of of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. The same time that Jesus got killed. The Lamb of God. Watch the parallel play out. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. I want you to pick up verse 12. For I'll pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses, because the blood speaks for you. Doesn't matter who's in the house. Doesn't matter who's messed up so badly. Doesn't matter if anybody in there is even living in adultery. It was because of the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to praise the Lord today because I am not dealing with you getting your life right. I am telling you that you cannot make your life right and then come to Christ. You're going to need the blood of Jesus. It wasn't that they were looking at the people in the house. They were looking what was on the lintel and what was on the doorpost of the house. I need somebody in this house to begin to shout and give God some praise because there's got to be blood on the house. Come on, somebody. Let every man go home. Let every man take, up his, take care of his business at home. Let every man become a priest in his home. Let every man begin to rise to the occasion. Let him come before me. Do you not hear what the Lord is saying, men? I'm speaking to the men that have gone wayward, that are finding the pubs more exciting. God says, get back home. Get back away from the adultery. Get back away from your own living. Go back home. Go back home to your children. Go back home to your wife. Go back home and make right with the Lord be the priest in your home because I am telling you there's a reason why God wants the blood on the doorpost of your home it's not to play church and come to church it's to take the blood to your own house so your children can be saved because when the hearts of the fathers are turned to the children and the children to the fathers then the curse breaks is anybody understanding the Lord this morning that God's about to break certain things in your life you are not coming out by yourself you are coming out because of the blood and your children are coming with you and your marriage you're going to be honorable no more staying and sleeping together you're going to be honorable in your relationship the lord says go back home i need a shout of praise to the king of kings this morning so that death passes over your home now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are 
And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Please hear it. Throughout every generation, this Passover must be celebrated. The way it's done from the time that Moses implements the law to the way it's done right now is different because it's a new covenant. But the problem that we're having in the Old Testament and since the time of Moses or since the time of Adam up until today, until the end of this age, there's one thing that is common for all of us. It's called sin. It hasn't changed. The wages of sin is still death. It's still death. Death of relationships. Death of your finances. Death of your purpose. And he says you've got to keep this throughout all generations. When did this thing turn into pickle fish and, and hot cross buns? Give me verse 21. Then Moses called for the elders of, all, of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. Kill it. Why? Because the only blood that is pure is an innocent lamb. You can't kill a man because of this, because every man's blood is contaminated. I mean, if the life of the flesh is in the blood, and the blood is contaminated, how are you going to offer it to the Lord? You need an innocent lamb. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin. So it means I've I got to find an animal that's without blemish. And I've got to put a knife to it. But it, I've got to make sure that I preserve all the blood because the blood is what's precious. He says, don't waste it. He says, you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that's in the basin. Watch the revelation. And none of you shall go out of the door of, this, of his house until morning. So what we have over here he says you need to go home. He says you need to go home. Get into your house. And before you go to bed, you have to go and put some blood. Can you work with me? Because there's a man of God that's with us here that loves the Lord. He's a priest in his house. And what he's doing today is he's obeying the instruction. He found the lamb. He paid a price for it. It's a lamb without blemish. He made sure that there's blood in a basin. And because of that, he's obeying the instruction. What you're going to do is go, with, go after the lintel, start painting. Do the doorposts. Take hyssop. And start to paint. Start to paint. He says, take it from the basin. Take it from the basin. Put it on the doorposts. Strike the lintel. Then he says something really interesting. Don't go in and don't go out. 
And verse 26 says, It shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by the service? That you shall say, It's the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Please keep painting. Follow the instruction. There's got to be some blood. Make sure it gets onto the lintel. And he says, don't waste the blood. Don't waste the blood. So I want to speak to you about the great exchange, but I think I'll continue that on Sunday, but I need us to just focus a little bit because of time. I want us to focus about this great escape. Because Hebrews says, in Hebrews 2 and 3, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. Because you see, when you're dealing with the blood, and you're dealing with your house, it wasn't so much about the death that passes over, the angel of death that passes over your house. That's not the reason why. Listen, if it was about you remaining in the house, if it was about them remaining in that house of bondage, you'd have said, then put the blood on top of the roof. That would be more logical. You with me? This is my house. So I mean, it's much better. The angel's flying over. Make sure you don't miss it. I want you to see there's blood. My roof is painted red. But he says not the roof. He says the door. What's he trying to teach you? It's the way of escape. It was the night they had to tighten their belts. They had to pack everything and take what they had with their children, with their family. They had communion, a Passover lamb. And by the morning, they were out of there. It was God's way of escape. It was God's way of bringing them out of bondage. It was God's way of bringing them out of poverty. There is no other way they could have gotten out of that mess uh, because Pharaoh would not let them go. I want somebody to hear me this morning. The devil will not let your children go. The devil will not. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much, how high your degrees are. I don't care how, who you know. Even the Queen Elizabeth, she's going to have to receive the blood of Jesus if she wants to get out of her mess because there is no other way that you can get out of your mess. There is no other way that you can come out of the trouble that you are in because the devil when you are done when he's done with you he's gonna spit you out because he's gonna give you a pen and tell your children if you you can't you don't have energy anymore give me your children they'll work in my system so he doesn't mind you having babies as long as they don't escape how are you gonna get out how are you gonna get out God says, Satan holds you captive. And the only way you can get out, if there's blood. If he sees blood. Because it's the blood that makes atonement for the souls. You're doing a great job there, Jonah. Knowing that you were redeemed, 1 Peter 1.18 with, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish 
and without spot. So Jesus came to redeem us. And I want you to see this today. Because many people have treated Easter as a good time to come to church and just to have your conscience somewhat cleansed. And something happens over Easter which is very powerful because the Bible speaks about any time there's a witness of the water of God's word and the blood. It does something inside of you. There's a renewal, there's a, there's a strength, there's something that happens. That's why you're feeling, when you leave the service, already you should be feeling liberated because you're beginning to understand that the Spirit of God is moving in this place. Because anytime you have the Word and you have understanding and you preach about the blood, because the Word is for teaching, but the blood is for your redeeming. So what we've understood about the cross is, and the cross is correct because He died on the cross. But if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, you begin to understand he wasn't just the Jesus that you come to for your forgiveness of your sin on the cross. He's actually the door. <laughs> that your life should never be the same again. Is <laughs> uh, that you should never be living in bondage anymore. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. Are you hearing God? Because anytime you come into the body of Christ, I don't want you to see any more Jesus just on the cross and saying, oh, that's a, such a terrible death. You need to understand the reason why they had to go and let the blood be ripped from his body because it was the only blood that could redeem mankind. He wanted, he needed them to do whatever they needed to do. Oh, the Romans killed him. No, we killed him. We all did. We all. It wasn't, listen, it wasn't nails that kept him on the cross. It was his love for us. It's the greatest love story. What was he doing? He was opening up a way. He was making a doorway for you to come through into your destiny. He was making a way so that you can go and live the way God intended you to live. Is there anybody going to thank the Lord? Are you getting it this morning? Is somebody going to begin to praise the Lord this morning? Because you see any place, any place you find uh, the thorns on his head. You finding that's the way of escape. Because through the blood that's on his head and the thorns on there, I don't ever have to die of mental illness. I can have a sound mind. Dementia has left your house because an exchange took place. Any place where you find him piercing or cutting or ripping the flesh from his body, it means that there's an exchange in that place. There are seven places that the blood flowed. It's God's perfect sacrifice and what they were after and what God needed them to do. Please hear me. They could not kill him. Jesus says, you can't take my life. I've come to lay it down. And he needed them to rip and, and put nails in. He needed, he says, well, put the nails in my feet, man. Because there's somebody, because of the blood of Jesus, they don't have to stay in the house of bondage. They can walk out under the blood, knowing that my steps are ordered by the Lord. Is there anybody going to praise the Lord for the fact that if the devil could keep you gambling, man, if the devil could keep you in nightclubs, I was his best in his business. He was sad when I resigned. But I know that he would have kept me there if he could.
But is there anybody thankful for the blood this morning? Stand to your feet and walk a little bit and say, I'm walking with the Lord this morning. I am walking to the house of God this morning. I am walking free this morning. Because an exchange took place on the cross. That I, because of my blood that was contaminated, I could not come into my destiny. But because of the blood of Jesus, I am set free. Whom the Son sets free. I need somebody to give a shout of praise in the house of God you came out of the house of bondage you walked free you came out and Jesus needs to be praised hallelujah hallelujah I don't have to sit in a pub anymore I am telling you even my desire even my desire on my lips I knew God how could I ever be saved I love drinking with the boys I love going out and partying. How? How is it possible for me to be able to be set free? He said, son, it's the blood. <laughs> it's the blood that will take away even the desire. It took away everything inside of me that was perverse. And I didn't desire that anymore. Because when I walked out, I walked out completely free. Because God made a way of escape. Is there anybody understanding the power of the blood? And what it can do for your family? And what it can do for your home? We were, come on somebody. We were in poverty all the days of our lives. I cried like a baby because I didn't know how to ever get finances and make it work in my life until I discovered the nails went into his hands and so whatever I put my hands to right now not because I'm so clever not because I got a skill but because of the blood of Jesus Christ whatever I put my hands to now it must prosper is there anybody gonna clap their hands and thank the Lord that you cannot fail in this life he made a way of escape he made a way for you to come out I need somebody who really believes in the blood to stand and really clap your hands because there's blood that was shed for your victory. The blood was shed. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. The blood. The blood. Nails in the feet, nails in the hands. Crown on the head. So you can think creatively. And come up with God ideas. And think sound mind how many have we got one two three he's in the garden of gethsemane and he's sweating drops of blood that's grappling with the will of god where the devil is tempting you said get out of the will of god i've been there man the last season i said father is there another way we can go I still love the Lord. But is there another route I can take around the church? Oh, you don't want to hear my cry? Because we have all the disciples sleeping around me while I'm crying out to God concerning my destiny. If you've never been there, you don't really understand the power of the blood. Because the Lord takes me back to the world and he takes me into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, son, look at your Savior. Look how he grappled with my will. He said, this cup can pass. But he ended up with the prayer, nevertheless, not my will. 
Because the enemy will tempt you to get out of the will of God. Child of God, hear me. The enemy will call you out and say, why should you go through such a tough season? Why must you submit? Why must you go back to church? Why must you just go and live your own life? He'll come and offer that to every one of us. He did it for Jesus. He'll do it for you. And those are the days when I get deeper in the word of God. And the Bible says, bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar. Stay in my presence, my son. Because I know this too shall pass. Because while I don't fully understand why, I know that God can never mismanage my life. I'm going to go God's way. So when I sing and I'm not singing according to your tune and your level, I'm not singing for you. I'm singing for me. I want God's way to be my way. Because there are days when you're going to struggle with the will of God. And the reason why I could break through this tough season is because I know what Jesus did. And there's blood that was shed there. I can tell the devil, devil, you can't mess with my life. You can't mess with my children and my destiny. I'm going to stay right here under the blood. There is power. Come on, somebody. There is power. There is power. To fulfill the will of God. You know about the stripes on his back. That by his stripes you were healed. Jesus said, rip the flesh. Rip it. So that anybody who's got any kind of disease, when they read the scripture, the power of the Holy Spirit will go to work inside of them and give an exchange for their sickness they can get health. His body was broken so that you and I can be made whole. That no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been involved in, no matter what sickness has come down from your family line, you can let it stop with you. Why? Because you are in the body of Christ. Let me give you the last two. He was bruised for our iniquities. What is bruising? Internal bleeding. Is there any family here that knows your family history and the problems in your family? That are called internal issues that the world doesn't know. You crying out before God, you can't share the testimony, you can't stay, share the story, because you know what your mother did, what your father did, you know who did what with who. And you're dealing with an internal issue that the enemy wants to take from one generation to the next. It's called a generational curse. Why would you accept it when you're in the body of Christ? Because he was bruised for your iniquities. What is iniqu iniquitous patterns? Stops with you. I said it stops with you. Because as somebody that understands I have been crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live. I live by faith in the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. When I walked out of this, this is where it gets really powerful. Here's the final place. I want to read the scripture and then we can end. It's found in the book of John. This final place. Jesus goes through all of that. And then he dies. He gives up the ghost. And he's there. But there's one more place. Let me read. John 19, 20 
8. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on the hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Are you catching the revelation? Take the hyssop. Give me a minute. I want to give you the revelation. The hyssop. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Please go back one verse 28. Knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was the preparation day, it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. For that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. They had to be dead. And while the others were trying to push up against and not die from asphyxiation and save their lungs, the only way they could get rid of them because they like that for days. So they had to break their bones so that their, their structure could collapse and they could die because of air. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of this other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. We'll speak about that. That's got to do with the structure of the church. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately, blood and water came out. And he who has seen, has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. And again another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So the seven piercings, the seven places where the blood flowed. The final one for me is really powerful. Because you look at the cross as, wow, I can have my sins forgiven. That's not how Jesus saw it. The final place and opening in his body was the sword that came in on his side. That was for the church. Because the church is precious to him. So that when I say yes to Jesus, if any man be in Christ, somebody's missed it. I'm going to do it again to help you. For you have died, and your life is now hid with Christ in God. Is anybody hearing the way of escape? Is anybody beginning to understand the power?
power of the blood and what it has done for you. Come on, you're not somebody that just came out of bondage and don't have a purpose. No, when God saved you and brought you out of the house of bondage, He brought you into what we call the body of Christ. You are not any outside of the body of Christ. In Him, you live. In Him, you move. In Him, you have your being. Come on, somebody. Do you understand that this is how we overcome? I need to end. Here's my scripture. Take me to Revelation chapter 12 this, this morning. Revelation chapter 12, I think it's verse 7. Verse 10. Verse 10. Listen, this is how you overcome. I'm going to introduce it to you, and we have to continue. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation. Anybody be in Christ, they become what we call a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation. What is salvation? Wholeness. And strength. I thought there'd be a better shout. And the kingdom of our God. You stepped in it. Come on, somebody. He made a way of escape. And the power of his Christ have come. Why? Because the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. I need somebody to clap their hands this morning and shout and give God some praise. I need somebody to really praise the Lord this morning because of the blood. Now watch. And they overcame him. <laughs> they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. Who's they? They is you. Not heaven. Heaven sorted it out. Heaven's taken care of it. The accuser of the brethren has been cast out. He can't accuse you day and night anymore. He can only let you walk in deception and think you still are in bondage. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony. They overcame him. Satan, the accuser. When you speak about the word of their testimony, oh, I should tell you that, you know, this is a week, I got 100 rands groceries and 200 rands airtime. That's not the testimony. You were supposed to testify about the blood. The way you overcome him, not that you got a new car or a new house, wonderful, bless the Lord. That's not how you overcome you overcome when you speak about what the blood has done for you. I got seven places that I can tell the devil when you come after me, I am telling you that I am free. Give me, give me Psalms 107. Hmm. This is how we overcome. Psalms 107. Read with me. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let, are you the redeemed of the Lord? Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? So when are you going to say so? When are you going to say so that you are redeemed? 
When are you going to start to listen how they overcame him? Because they said so. They said, I am the redeemed of the Lord. They said, I am the righteousness of God. They said, I am cleansed of all my sin. I've received Jesus Christ. So when the accuser of the brethren comes, you go and you say, no, 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 no. You can't bring an accusation to me because when you accuse me of my wrongdoing, I come into agreement with you and then I take you to the throne of grace and I say, now Jesus, remind him about what you did for me. Is there anybody free this morning? You need to up your handstand, jump to your feet and praise the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I need somebody to begin to shout and give God a praise because you can feel the anointing. It's shifting in this place. It wasn't the test. I got a job. That's not a testimony. That's not what gets the enemy to flee. That's not how you overcome him. It's when you speak about what the blood has done for you. You want to see demons flee? I've never seen the demons so mad. Because every time the devil is trying to throw things at me, I'm saying, I am the righteousness of God. And he comes and says, yeah, but you, you, you're actually useless. And I go, oh, the blood of Jesus. Come on. Oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus. You see, Satan, you can't come beyond here. I don't belong to you anymore. I moved out of bondage. I moved out of my addiction. I moved out of my mess. And I am in the body of Christ. Because when the soldier went and pierced his side, the Bible says blood flowed and water flowed. What is the water? The water is the word of God. It's the teaching. What's the blood for? It's for your redemption. And then he stood and you saw the clip. He went, he said, my God and my Lord, he got saved because he stood under a fountain of blood and he got touched. There is a fountain. <laughs> that gives me my liberty. Child of God, hear me. I want to speak to somebody this morning. That does not understand the power of the blood. Listen, it's your confession. He said, take the hyssop now, son. The reason why people are struggling, I need to end. Oh, my time is so gone. The reason why people are struggling, hear me today. This is what you must go home with. The blood in the basin is useless. The fact that the blood was shed for you means nothing until you take the hyssop and you put it to your mouth. Until I begin to take my tongue, that is hyssop, and I let my tongue bring to the mouth of my temple what the blood 
has done for me. That is how they overcome. You don't overcome because the blood, the death would visit them even though they killed a lamb. Even though there was blood in the basin. Because there's blood in your salvation. Jesus died for you. Until you use your tongue. And you dip it in the blood. And you begin to speak and testify what the blood has done for you. The enemy can still come and mess with your home. But this is a new day. Because I have sons and daughters in this house and across the globe uh, that's going to begin to talk about the blood and what it has done. Come on, dip your tongue in the blood and speak about the blood. Speak about the blood. Speak about the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Can somebody testify? Is there anybody going to testify? Is there anybody going to praise the Lord? Is there anybody going to sing of the blood? Is there any Anybody gonna praise him? Can somebody shout? It's the blood. The blood is speaking for me because there's power in the blood. The blood speaks. The blood speaks. Hear me today. Two more minutes. You gotta work with me. I know your pickle fish is waiting. Sit for two seconds. What's the difference between Abel's blood? And the blood of Jesus. Abel's blood was taken, not with his will. Jesus willingly gave his blood. Abel's blood was spread on the earth. Jesus' blood was spread in heaven. On the mercy seat. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance. The blood of Jesus cries out for mercy. Somebody's got to hear that any time the enemy wants to accuse you, we go to the mercy seat. What is the mercy seat? The high priest had to go into the most holy place and the mercy seat is where they put the blood on. And when God saw the blood, the people were forgiven. Come here, Jonah. Why look at this? The way the Ark of the Covenant was established, look to me, turn this way. On top of this golden, the Ark of the Covenant, two angels are on top of them. They're touching. But their heads are looking down. Because here's where the blood is. Anytime you come into the body of Christ, anytime I look at you, son, the blood doesn't work. We both have to look at the blood for us to be saved. Because God, anytime there's an accuser, he'll come and tell you how bad you are. But when I come and I come into the presence of God, it's because of the blood that was shed for me. And as I begin to sing of the blood, all condemnation and all fear goes. God bless you. Can somebody praise the Lord for the blood this morning? I don't know how much more you can handle this morning. But I am telling you there's power in the blood. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I've come to tell you that you are free. 
I've come to tell you that the house of bondage cannot hold you anymore. I've come to tell somebody that addiction cannot keep you anymore. I've come to tell somebody that your marriage is free. I've come to tell you that you need to walk free. I've come to tell you that the accuser cannot hold you anymore. Can somebody shout? Final thought, then I really have to go. Have a look at this. He says, take the blood, put it in a basin. Take the hyssop, it's your tongue. Dip it in there. Spread it all over your mouth. The door of your house. Come on, this weekend you're going to paint the town red. My children are under the blood. Come on, that's how we paint the town red. We say my children are covered under the blood. No, my children are the redeemed of the Lord. Oh, my money is being, ah, ha, ha. I'm healed by his stripes. Oh, no, there's peace in this house because of the blood. Can somebody take the blood and put it on the doorpost of your mouth and say, I'm free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I feel like preaching this message. I am telling you there's an anointing to break this yoke. Someone's going to get free in the presence of a living God I feel the anointing in this place I feel the power of God in this place because anytime you stand under the word of I understand the blood the power of the Holy Spirit goes to work in you and renews you and gives you a brand new start and gets you saved he says take the blood put on the doorpost hit the lintels when the angel sees it pass over he says don't waste the blood because the blood is precious he says and do not put it on the threshold don't put it on the floor. Don't try to make a mark here. Because anybody who goes back into bondage is trampling the blood underfoot. Scripture says it. That means when God delivers you, you get out and you stay out. You are not supposed to go back into bondage. Because the Bible says, there's, he's not going to die again for you. What, what, what else are you going to do? What are you going to do with your sin if you keep on going back and forth? Oh, now I'm free. Oh, now I'm in bondage. Oh, now I'm free. Now I'm, what are you going to do? You're trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot. And how are you going to get out and stay out? Some people laugh at me with the fact that I went and broke all the alcohol that was in my liquor cabinet. The day I got saved. Because I know what it did with me in bondage, man. I know what it did to my children. I know what it did to my home. I know what it did to my body. I know how broke I was. Someone, God's giving you a last chance. No, Lord, it's not true. There's another chance. Clap your hands for another chance. 
If you're still alive, clap your hands for God. Thank God for another chance. That this is the season you're coming out and you're staying out. You're not going back to bondage. Come on, somebody. This is the moment you are free. Let the devil know that I don't belong to you anymore. I've been delivered from your grip. I'm out of bondage. Freedom in this place. Please stand this morning for every anyone that doesn't know Jesus Christ. The question you have to ask yourself, what you can do with your sin? I'll have the worship team come up. What you can do with your sin? What you're going to do with your sin? You can't get rid of it, not in this lifetime, not even in eternity. Your sin follows you all the way. What you going to do with it? What you going to do with your sin? The only thing you can be proud of is your sin. That's yours. That's God has got no grandchildren, no children. You need to go before Him with your life and say, God, I need to be renewed. If you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all sin and all unrighteousness. To bring you out. He made a way of escape for you to get out and to stay out. Nothing but the blood. For anybody that's been far from God and you went back into the house of bondage, the Lord's calling you to come out, make right, ask for forgiveness. Because the enemy comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. I asked the question this morning is that with all these new sickness coming up and mental illnesses and people with bipolar and the like, we're not discounting all that is there. I'm asking, would the answer not first beat for us to go into the presence of God and break some bread? Because the soul is made up of your mind, your will and your emotions. Could it be that if we just broke bread and pleaded the blood first before you go for your counseling sessions? I still believe in the power of the blood. Give me that old-fashioned religion. It's okay. It still works for me. When I don't know how to sleep at night, when I'm struggling with my life, it's still the blood that sets me free. I believe in the blood. And whom the sun sets free. For anybody that needs to make right with the Lord this morning, just lift your hands with your eyes and say, Lord, I need to come back to you. Come on. Listen to your apostle. You can either be delivered or you want to keep your dignity. But you can't have both. Why should God allow the enemy to expose your sin? If you expose your life before the Lord, He'll cover you. But if you hide your sin, the enemy is going to expose you. He wants to embarrass you. But I'm so thankful for the blood. I need everybody to lift their hands this morning. Sing. Let's share communion.
we give you all the praise and give you all the glory. I know we're still sharing and getting communion in. I want to read some scripture when everybody's dumb. Just keep on singing. Just sing one more time. Sing one more time. with your family stand as the priest this morning for those that don't have husbands and even though don't your, your fathers or family's not here your priest is here I'm your father and I'm standing here with you in agreement for your peace for your joy and the spirit of the Lord will confirm everything inside of you you are you might be alone here this morning but you're not lonely you have family we are here together with you Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Can somebody thank the Lord for their salvation? Hallelujah. I want to read scripture to you this morning. Please put up John chapter 6. I know we're almost there. Pastor Brian, you let me know. John chapter 6 verse 53. John chapter 6, 53. This message on the blood. When Jesus started speaking to, you know there were more than just 12 disciples. When he started speaking about the blood and his body, disciples left him. He says, this is, how is this possible? So Jesus said to his disciples, do you also want to leave? <laughs> Never begged anybody. Because he said some hard stuff. Listen to what it says. If you've stepped into Christ, if you've come into Christ, you're a new creation. That means the Holland blood doesn't run through me anymore. The I am. His blood runs through my veins. So no disease can stay in my body. Listen to what he says. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you because you're dead. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food. Before you go to your doctor, you must have communion. Your doctor don't come first. Communion comes first. Because there's life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So when I have communion, I'm partaking of his body and his blood. His life is in me. 
For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. <laughs> As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Wow. Communion. When we take communion, we're actually drinking his blood and we're eating his flesh. How how's it possible? All of it is done by faith. For the life I've been crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and died for me and gave his life for me. So now there can be no dementia in my body. There can't be any disease. It's a violation. If it's, listen, because of what God laid on Jesus, Satan's got no right to lay it upon you. You are free. Receive your healing this morning. Receive by faith. The Bible says the reason why many are weak, sick, and die early is because they do not honor the body the way they should. You do it by faith. By faith, I believe. I'm partaking of the body of Christ. He says, eat my flesh. He says, drink my blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Receive How shall we escape, man, if we neglect so great a salvation? How are we going to come into what God has got for us if we neglect this moment? We want to speak about the exchange, but we've got to speak about the great escape. Here's the escape. You are in Christ, and you're walking free because of the blood. Anything that is dysfunctional, anything that is a virus or a germ in your body, I don't care if it's COVID or HIV or cancer. It's going to flush out of your body because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now be healed. Stand your hands. Now let's hold hands and agree. For those who can hold hands, Father, we thank you this morning for the anointing, your grace and your favor. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the power of the blood. We thank you that as a priest, as men, we stand this morning taking our rightful place in our homes, in our lives, over our children, over our marriages. We stand and take our rightful place. And as we stand as priests before you, we thank you that death passes over. More than death passing over, we can walk out free because from the sunset, free is free indeed. We see poverty breaking. We see our children healed. We see our grandchildren. We see our great-grandchildren. We see because there was a man in a house. And as a pastor and as a leader and the priest over this house, any single person, I stand right now as the priest in that home, 
and I decree and declare your liberty right now for all the singles that you are cut loose from the lies of the enemy and God has given an order he's got to let you go I bless you today from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus name amen and amen you may be seated for two minutes let us receive an offering will you help this morning I asked will you help this morning can you thank the Lord one more time for the word this morning? Because it's helping me. Come on, somebody, it's helping me. Please hear me today. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. For God so loved the world that He gave. This is your moment to give. This is your moment to show back the appreciation and the love of Christ. What He's done for you. We respond because of the blood. We respond because we are saved. We make right because we are saved. I'm asking you this morning to make right to the Lord. Give Him first place. Don't give Him your leftovers. Learn how to stop everything else and put God first. Because He gave His best. He gave His only. His only begotten. So that you and I can be saved. And God's making no other demands but that you respond back in love. And that you give Him. If He's blessed you, if He's opened up doors for you, if he's given you a new job, if he's made a way of escape for you, if he's brought you into your destiny, why don't you respond with what he's blessed you with? That's what happened to Abraham. When he came from the war, the Bible says he met up with Melchizedek. Melchizedek blessed him and he responded with a tithe. That's how God wants us to live. No manipulation, no control, no begging you. Just respond to God with your finances, with what God lays in your heart to do. Just do it. And watch God return blessing upon blessing in your life. Amen. Father, bless your people in their giving. In Jesus' name. Amen.
weekend. Tell them I'm going to paint the town red. <laughs> Come on, man. You should get it this morning. I'm going to paint the town red. My family, how's your family? I'm painting them red. How's this problem? You see, the blood speaks. And it's speaking for you. So when the devil wants to speak to you, say, speak to the hand. Speak to the blood. Speak to the blood. All you have to do is paint the town red this weekend. Enjoy your pickle fish and your hot cross buns, but paint it red. Paint your food red. Paint the, your house red. Paint your children red. Come on, wives, paint your husband red. I know he's gone crazy, but you can paint it red. Come on, guys, you can paint your wife red. You see, I painted Pastor Z red this morning. Praise the Lord. Father, we receive the blessing of the Lord from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Receive the blessing of the Lord. You will always walk in victory. When they walked out of bondage, God gave them favor. You are highly favored. Whatever you put your hands to, it will prosper. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. For the devil to touch you, he's got to touch Christ. And Christ has never lost a battle. You are walking in victory all the days of your life. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you are victorious. We bless you and we'll see you on Sunday morning. Amen.